Welcome to this Happy Home Podcast. I'm Arlene Pellicane. Today we're going to take on tricky, touchy topics such as modesty, short shorts, sex, and dating. My friend, expert Dana Gresh is here with practical tips and biblical wisdom about these tough topics. This month's guest, Dana Gresh, is the best-selling author of 27 books and creator of Secret Keeper Girl, America's most popular tween stage show for moms and daughters. And I have taken Noelle to the show, and it is amazing. And I am planning to bring my daughter Lucy this year to the Secret Keeper Girl tour. Dana is a leading expert on the subjects of sexual purity, modesty, and parenting tweens and teens. All subjects I am very interested in as a mom, and I have a feeling you are too. She and her husband, Bob, have three grown children, one son and two daughters, and I invite you to listen in to our conversation, which I incorporated in my newest book, Parents Rising. Let's begin. Why do you think it is so important for parents, not the culture, not Facebook or Instagram, but for parents to set guidelines for modesty, particularly for girls? Yeah, well, there's two directions to answer that. The first is the one that I um, found about 15 years ago in my research, and that is that one of the top five factors that place a teenager most at risk of an early sexual debut is appearing older than they actually are. And the fastest way especially a girl to look older is to embrace immodesty in the way that she presents herself. And I actually had been dragging my heels on addressing the issue of modesty until I found that, and that really changed my heart as a mom. But that's really the practical reason why a mom should be motivated. The second and probably more important reason that has evolved in my heart as I've studied the topic is that we were created to glorify God. Mm -hmm. The the primary sin of immodesty is not how short your skirt is or how low your top is. The primary sin is we're saying, look at me instead of look at God. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Paul writes it most succinctly in 2 Timothy when he says, I don't want anything to distract from the good works inside of you. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of modesty in a biblical sense is really not the length of your skirt, but it's that people would see what's inside of you. How would you tell the mom, you know, who says, okay, I want to start this conversation with my daughter. That's my eight, nine, ten-year-old daughter. How does she begin to talk about dress? How does a father talk about dress? Just some practical tips for them. Well, the big thing is start to talk to them before their body begins to develop into a woman. And the primary reason for that is that we don't send a mistaken message, an accidental message that says your body is bad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we wait too long and we're reactive, it makes it about the girl's body. It's not about her body. It's about the clothes. Yes. And so keep the, the focus on the clothing. Sometimes there are skirts that aren't appropriate. Sometimes there are shirts that aren't appropriate. Sometimes there are shorts that aren't appropriate. You know, it's about the clothes. So yeah. folks start early, focus on the clothes, and then use the word appropriate. I think that's helpful for a girl who isn't yet developing either in her body or her mind. 
modesty is such a big concept to wrap mm-hmm. your head around. But when we say it's appropriate, yeah. we mean it's okay. So, you know, most girls would know it's not appropriate to wear a Speedo to perform in a piano recital. Right, right. <laughs> So then, you know, you start giving her silly examples like that. She's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you're not going to dress up in, like, your glittery princess costume to go visit a friend in the hospital. That's not appropriate. And so then it categorizes these issues of um, modesty into a bigger, broader issue. So it's not like singling out the things that focus on our body. It's just about what's appropriate. Let's say that your daughter has been wearing, you know, what other girls are wearing that are not appropriate. You pick up a book like this and you think, oh, man, I want to change this. What can that mom or dad do to change the direction? Let's say they've they've gone in for two years and then they're looking mm-hmm. at their 12-year-old and they're saying, wow, you really shouldn't be dressing like that. How can a parent backtrack and, and kind of get back on track like that with their daughter? I think the greatest gift... Well, one of the greatest gifts we can give our children is apologizing when we get something wrong. Yeah. And the humility of just saying, hey, my eyes have really been open to see something, and I, we've been buying this or that for your whole life, and I've just recently come to see how inappropriate that is. And I have to ask your forgiveness because it's really my fault. I just didn't see it as I see it now and ask if you can forgive me. And you know what? The beautiful thing you can do with girls, especially when you get something wrong in the fashion zone, is like, I guess we're going to have to go shopping Shopping now. again, right? <laughs> 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 and every girl's going to love you for that. Yeah, it's very true. And what if the girl, you know, after all this is done, and but she says, but mom, but dad, like she comes against and she says, I want to wear these shorts. I don't care what you say. I want to wear these shorts. You know, um, you, you know, obviously that could be anything. I won't eat my vegetables. I won't play yeah. in the soccer team. Like it could be anything. But what do you do when that child rebuffs against like, mom, those clothes are so ugly or I, I wouldn't be caught yeah. dead wearing that. Well, inevitably they will do that yeah. just as they will want to not eat their vegetables mm-hmm. or finish their homework or practice their piano. And I don't think you should treat it any differently. Um, sometimes as moms and dads, we kind of recoil like we're afraid. If I don't wear have those shorts, is it going to mess her up forever? No more than it is going to say, I'm sorry, you have to eat your broccoli or I'm sorry, you have to practice your piano. Um, and I think it, what you have to understand as a mom and a dad is that day is going to come. <laughs> where she says, I'm not wearing that or... I'm not wearing those kinds of jeans, or I'm not wearing shorts that are that long. Um, so you can expect it. One of the things that I've really tried to do with my girls, though, is to be creative with them mm-hmm. and say yes to absolutely as much yes. as I can say yes to. So if there's a pair of shorts that she can get away with adding some extenders, like making some lace extenders or maybe some longer biking shorts, Mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll say yes to that. Or a mini skirt where she can put leggings or even jeans right. under it. I'll say yes to that. Yeah. So I say yes to as much as I can so that when I do have to say no, it it's um, they understand that my heart has been flexible and it's their turn yes. to have a flexible heart. Now, I know that there are moms out there, um, not so much dads, but <laughs> probably moms mm-hmm. who they want their children to fit in and look like the culture looks, you know, and it's for the mom, it's hard to say, oh, you know, I should 
shop differently for my daughter because I want my daughter to look like all these people in the magazine because I want her to be popular. So what would you say to that mom? Let there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They have forgotten God. That's what the book of Ephesians says in the message version. And that's not just a lesson for our kids when it comes to peer pressure, but that's a lesson for us as moms when it comes to peer pressure. Because I think what we do a lot of times as moms is we're like, oh, if they're not on the traveling soccer team, they'll never be embraced and accepted. Or if they're not going to wear these brand of jeans, they'll never be loved and adored. And that's just us giving in to peer pressure. Have we not outgrown it? Instead, we should be giving in to God pressure. What does God say about this? And maybe he says, well, the traveling soccer team is going to take them out of church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I have to make a decision about what's important here. I'm not saying that God might not say it's okay for you to do the traveling soccer team. I'm saying you can't do it for the wrong reasons, which is everybody else is doing it. Yeah. How can you as a parent transfer this like your system to your children so for instance when they're younger you're teaching them this is what's appropriate this is not what's appropriate but as they grow older they're going to start making all those choices themselves without you even guiding them how do you kind of help that transition uh, from you teaching them to them owning it themselves well i think that's um one reason why i developed the truth or bear fashion test Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, you have to be modest, and I get to be the judge and jury, (laughs) I'm putting the thinking process into my daughter's hands. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, okay, let's develop some fun tests. Let's let's do this test. Let's do the raise and praise test. Raise your hands, and if your belly's poking out, (laughs) um, maybe we can put a tank t-shirt on underneath it and make it more modest that way. And if you start teaching her that when she's seven, eight, nine years old, she embraces it so richly. And then she's making those decisions as a teenager, sometimes not making them well. So, you know, you're there to maybe help remind her (laughs) or give her some perspective. Um, And so that when they're in high school or rather than when they're in college and beyond, you know, you're not there to give them that perspective, but they've trained themselves. I was so proud a few months ago, my college age daughter took a high school friend out and that high school friend was just so frustrated with her mom about rules 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 and out of my daughter's mouth (laughs) came words that could have been my words (laughs) advising this young friend of hers and so I think it's a matter of starting when they're little of having them be in control of the process I've done that even with media when my kids come home and say, hey, everybody's watching this movie, mm-hmm. um, I'll go to pluggedinonline.com, focus mm-hmm. on the family's review for movies and televisions and, mu- and music, and we'll read the review together. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, now, what do, you, what do you think we should decide about this movie? I'll say that when they're maybe yes. 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Put them in the driver's seat of the decision-making. But... Make sure you stay in the passenger seat for a while. (laughs) They're still learning to drive the decisions, you know. Yeah. We're going to turn the corner a little bit about talking about sex. So, you know, it's all kind of related. What for for that? Yay! For the parent that's like, I really don't want to set any boundaries there because I don't want to have to talk about it. You know, what kinds of conversations uh, do you, and I, you know, and from what I understand, it's not this one time half an hour, we're going to have the sex talk. 
but it is this continual open conversation and it's not sex is bad. It is sex is awesome, but you mm-hmm. wait for that husband or that wife and you look for that special person, etc. So what advice would you give to that parent who's just a little gun shy about talking about sex with their child? Yeah. If you're not having a conversation with them, someone is. Mm-hmm. And that someone might be a neighbor boy, neighbor girl, or the television, or music and songs that they hear. Even the most sheltered children um, sometimes are introduced to sex before their parents get the opportunity to introduce the topic. Mm-hmm. And that is generally heartbreaking for the parents because a lot of times what they're introduced to is not healthy, not holy. Uh, one of the most searched words on the internet for children of curiosity is sex. You know, they're hearing the word, they're they're processing it, but they don't understand it. They what really don't know what it is. And before you know it, your child has viewed things that you yourself would just, um, you, your, your spirit's just broken by what yeah. they've seen. So I really encourage you to be the first one yeah. to introduce the topic because if you are the first one, then you get to form the values effectively. It's easier to build a foundation of values from the ground up than it is to tear something that's not built correctly down and then rebuild. Now, when is that? How old is that child if I'm going to beat the conversation? Mm -hmm. Well, most um, child psychology experts, including Christians, will say about the ninth birthday. Mm -hmm. And I would say that Probably many of the children are at risk of hearing about it before that age at this point because of all the sex in the media and on the internet. Now, many parents are like, oh, I can't talk to them about that by the age of nine. But I think most of the time you find that if you talk to your children about it during those years, mm-hmm. it's not icky and yucky. And I mean, they might giggle yeah, or laugh, sure. you know, but they haven't, their mind hasn't been warped. Mm-hmm by the world yet, the reason we're afraid of it is because we've misused it Mm -hmm. and we've seen it misused. So I would just encourage you to really set some goals, hopefully as husband and wife, as a mom and a dad, about what that age is and then kind of hold each other accountable to that because it's too easy to just kind of let that conversation pass. Yeah. Now this is a more fluid question and it's about dating and what suggestions you would give to parents, maybe what you guys did in terms of, did you tell your girls there's a certain age to wait until dating or what kind of boundaries did you set around that? Well, we, our boundaries were a little different from most because we were, we allowed our kids to date when they were 14, Mm -hmm. but that was like a group date. That was like, the, the Christian high school prom, you, mom and dad will yeah. drive you and mom and dad will pick you up, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And then when they were 16, they were allowed to go to an event like that, mm-hmm. but they were allowed to be picked up by their date or pick mm-hmm. up their date. But we really discouraged them from being in an ongoing dating relationship yeah. until they were 18, so about their senior year of high school. And... We felt really great about that, and yeah. all of our kids more or less stuck to that. They were pretty mm-hmm. close to it. Um, every family is going to be different, and yeah. you're going to – I don't think the point is God's word says right. this. When they turn doesn't. 17, you may do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the point is, I think our perspective on it was you start to date 
when you're of an age that the person you're dating could be the person you're going to marry. Mm -hmm. And you are maturing in a place where you can make that kind of a decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that at the age of 14, they are ready to make that kind of decision. I sure wasn't. And so um, we just explained that to them and talked to them about it when they were probably 10, 11, 12 years old. And so they were like, oh, this not work for our family. Weren't those some great ideas about dating, modesty, conversations to have, make it about the clothes, not about your daughter's body. And, you know, since talking to Dana, this has really kind of formed some conversations we've had around our dinner table. We've been talking about dating with our kids. They are ages 8, 11, and 13. So we want them to have this expectation that you have this exclusive dating, you know, this boyfriend, girlfriend, really special relationship when you're older and when you're thinking more about, okay, what's the type of person that I'd like to marry? You know, around 18 is is a good age for this. And it was really cute because we were talking about this and one of the kids had been thinking and said, so college age, like we probably should not date in college. Like they were really taking it to to the max, you know. And James and I were like, no, college is good. And, you know, if you go to college and you see someone and you want to date them, that's that's okay. College is good. And, you know, it's so good to have conversations. If you have younger children, start talking about it now because now they're not thinking like, oh, there's this boy I really want to date or, oh, there's this girl I really want to date. They're thinking like boys and girls have cooties and why in the world would I want to date them? And so you instill these conversations. And so when you get to your teen years, It's not like this big surprise or it's not like we've never talked about this before, but it's something they've grown up with. And that is so important to talk about modesty, sex, dating. These are real issues for our kids and it's never too soon to talk about our kid to about these subjects in age appropriate ways. Well, Dana Gresh is one of the people that I'm so thankful for that I got the chance to interview for my book. Parents Rising, Eight Strategies for Raising Kids Who Love God, Respect Authority, and Value What's Right. And if you haven't gotten a copy of the book, I encourage you to do so now for yourself or for a friend. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, go to the store, Barnes & Noble, and get it, pick it up, or to a Christian bookstore, and get this book for yourself because it is really meant to equip you to lead your home so that you are not afraid to have conversations about changing a wardrobe of a teen girl that's kind of gone crazy um, with short shorts and different things or whatever the case may be. And it gives you courage to talk about inappropriate texts and images. And yes, even to feel comfortable talking about sex to your kids because our kids need us to be leaders and they need us to provide guardrails. So the book again is Parents Rising and I hope you'll get it for yourself or for a friend. Thanks so much for joining me for this month's Happy Home Podcast. If you enjoyed this show and found it useful, please pass Pass it along to a friend and post a review on iTunes and let people know that this is a helpful resource. Until next time, remember, you too can have a happy home.